Hey, this is Keith. Or some actor playing Keith, I'm not really sure anymore. But um, we're coming to the end. The end of my Los Angeles con spree. But before I leave, I have some scores to set and discover a couple truths to be revealed. It's all going to come down to the season finale of Rideshare Episode X. It's going to drop on December 3rd. Now, until then, I want you to catch up by binge listening the first season. And I suggest that you do exactly as I say. Or you're going to miss all the fun. Hey, it's Brent Pope, the host of Breakfast with Brent Pope. You've seen me on some of your favorite TV shows saying things like, give it up, Jimmy. You got to sink this putt to win. On Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world and we do it all over breakfast. Or should I say breakfast? Every week on Breakfast, you get inside Hollywood info and tips, great breakfast wrecks and booty debates. Most of all, you get the most delightful 30 minutes of your week. So dig in. It's Breakfast time. Listen at breakfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Buddy, and welcome back to your favorite G.I. Joe podcast show, Knowing is Half the Podcast. This week, we're talking about Deke-era G.I. Joe, Messenger from the Deep. Oh boy, a show that starts in one direction and ends in a very, very different place than anyone expected. I am Ray Stacanus. Did you say Messenger? Probably. Give it the times, Chan. It's the Messenger. Okay, I, I guess. Because it's messy. I can, I can do this. It's, it's messed up. What, then when it just it's a hot still mess. Be messenger there's like a past tense of messed mm. hey who are no, you it's like, it's like when ray when ray messes himself constantly uh-huh. then uh, wouldn't it be the messenger no he goes i messed uh, i see okay because he's this in this, all in this scenario he's he's lenny from of mice and men <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's most scenarios. Yeah, I think that's yeah. Just sort of yeah. Like the default state. <laughs> I learned a long time ago when someone tells you to look at the flowers, don't. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> bad, there are no rabbits. Hip. There's, which there's is never why, any rabbits. Which is why we've been unable to kill you all these years. <laughs> <laughs> tell me about the rabbits, Ray. No, <laughs> I will not tell you about the rabbits, and that's why I'm still alive. <laughs> we'll, we'll get you eventually. Well, let's just go ahead and start us up because we're, we're talking about again G.I. Joe, the messenger from the Dizip. And the uh, oh, God, am I having yeah. a stroke right now? Is that what's happening? <laughs> yes. You're Can in you, a garage you... that's like 140 degrees. Yeah, it's, it's getting pretty rough in here. Although it's, you know, as we record this, it's deep into the night. So it's it's cooled down mightily. How are you when it comes to walking up and down ramps and drinking water? I need two hands Uh-oh. to do both. Uh oh. Why? Pretty sure you've had a series of mini strokes that you're not oh telling anyone boy. about. Finally. Mm. I've been waiting for this day to happen. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, I can collect God. that sweet, sweet uh, disability. Ha- disability. Yeah. Here I come. I was like, <laughs> unemployment? No, that's not it. Hazard pay? Also not that. No. I'm getting there, though. I'm, I'm in the ballpark of money. Gonna get there. <laughs> Trust me, I've got disability on the mind constantly. Yeah, but that's just based on for the comment section of the shows. So <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, uh, I'm not going to lie. I loved this episode. Oh, I Whoa. hated it. So that's oh. great. Oh, oh, wow. What? I, what, a, I what a turn. Am, I thought this was boring. 
I am very much in between the two of those because it's it is very different. Fact. Yeah. Uh, Marv Wolfman was one of the writers, He's so excellent. like you kind of got to wonder, like, okay, what's it, it, are we going to see something different? We do see something different. What it is is not strictly GI Joe. If all if the entire series or like at least like the Deke years were all like this, I'd be like, okay, yeah, this is a this is something I could get behind. But as it is, it's like this sort of weird thing that's basically like this is basically like a pulp story that they uh, yanked out of uh, um, a fifties magazine and plopped into GI Joe. So it feels real out of place, but it's not bad per se. It's just weird. No, I I guess my thought process is does the last like five minutes of really interesting make up for the first 15 of not interesting. And in my mind, the answer was no. Here's the thing. I think it does. I think that there was interesting thing throughout things throughout because I was really curious about about you know the electric eels. But I I will just say that it it's it's so weird and it finally felt like they weren't trying to you know copy something from a handbook that said, "Okay, you start out with a battle and then it goes to this and then it goes to this and then it goes to that. This felt like they were working with no handbook and then they were like, look, everyone knows this isn't as good as the original series. Let's do something batshit crazy. And they did it and I loved it. (laughs) Maybe through talking about it, maybe I'll change my mind on it too. I mean, that's always on the table. You better or else you're going to have to look at the flowers. Oh boy. Uh, So we open with our classic uh, series two, season two, cold open. Which opens with Flint and Wetsuit finding an underwater, no, no, Wetsuit and a scientist guy, never seen again, so that was weird, um, finding an underwater city, uh, and Flint is talking to them. That's what's happening right now. Uh, I'm irritated by the underwater jet skis, but that's neither here nor there. That was an interesting, yeah, it's a sea-doo that you just ride underwater. Yep. Kind of fun. I don't know. That's just how they do uh, then they get hit by lasers or shot by lasers. We have some cobra eels show up. The cobra eels hit the wall behind them with the lasers, which causes a beam of light to get exposed. And a giant electric eel comes out of the wall, grabs the cobra eels, and they like poof out of existence. Yeah, come as on. It grabs this, them. This was a cool ass opening. How could you that say was, that this that was, was cool. boring? Like this was the second that eel came out. Now I thought that it had been shot. I thought that something in in what shot it had turned it radioactive. So I wasn't quite sure. And then when the when they started making shit disappear, I was like, oh, I don't know what's going on, but I am in. <laughs> so this was a strong, cool ass start. Yeah, I what I it, it adds I, a what, mystery. It adds a mystery. When they were disappearing, uh, it felt like, like, oh, well, the stakes are gone because we know that they're just being taken to place and we're going to find them and everybody's going to be okay. I kind of wanted them to be like, ah, and then disappear <laughs> screaming. So so then you're like, oh, no, what happened? Which obviously you don't want it. This show's targeted towards six-year-olds. You don't want them to have like the screams of Joe's like haunting their nightmares or anything. <laughs> so I get it. But I did really kind of want that. Yeah, but they did a Nightmare on Elm Street episode back in season two of Sunbow. So it's like they're not afraid to like have horror elements. Look at G.I. Joe the movie. That thing is frightening. No, 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 no. no. Sunbow era G.I. Joe is a completely different oh, okay. beast. Okay. We're, we're not even talking. This is this is we've agreed that they're targeting a much younger yeah, audience yeah, and right, they're right. playing with these yeah. kid gloves that, you know, you can't expect anything 
more than that. So true. Well, that leads us to basically our uh, 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 opener. We got our, our opening theme song, guys. Has the opening theme song started grabbing you yet? Are you feeling nope. it? Got to get tough, nope. yo, Joe. Are we? Are we no. finally? Are we finally Stockholmed into it? I kind of like it, but also I've been okay. fast forwarding it. But I, but I keep seeing things that I, I feel like they're messing with me, like they're changing it slightly each time because I noticed something I'd never noticed before, which is a guy, like a blonde guy with a mustache and sunglasses yep. and a white coat who turns around and looks at the yep. camera. And I he's, have no I idea who that is. He, I believe that particular part of the intro was new for season two. And okay. It's basically, for the people at home, it's like, what if Major Blood didn't have an eye patch but was a pimp? That's, That's supposed to be Major Blood, is. but it's not oh. Major Blood. It's a totally separate character. No, hold on, hold on. I think that uh, is actually uh, a villain from an episode coming up. Yes, uh, because we uh, haven't seen that episode oh, yet. Okay. Yeah, Got there's it. there's a their anti drug episode features some like Doctor Evil guy man scientist. <laughs> Uh, and I believe that's what that is. Okay. Yeah. Or maybe not. I don't no, know. My, I my understanding, when I, cause I, I had to, I, I think I looked it up at the beginning of the season because I had the same feeling you did when I saw it. I was like, who the F is this pimp? And um, yeah, and it's just some guy we haven't seen yet. Uh, I'm sure when we see him, we will know. <laughs> All right. All right. But, uh, he's supposed to come a little bit later on. No, that's a good catch, though, for sure. Uh, okay. So we have reinforcements uh, get called for. By wetsuit, he says we need reinforcements right now. Um, we're about to get taken. Like I did uh, make a big family. note right here because, like, yes, the animation is is across the board terrible in these episodes, and yet there was something about the way that two of the Joes were pressing the buttons on their control panel completely randomly just indiscriminately like beep boop beep boop beep boop their arms are flailing everywhere and i'm like jesus christ well, you're on a goddamn submarine could you just like <laughs> dial it back some well have you guys ever seen the show avenue five no on, uh, oh is that the hbo show i watched yeah, yeah. a couple episodes it's pretty that good with, but there, it, yeah does go that ahead. have puppets it have puppets in it uh, uh no that's such, that's thunderbirds such. that's avenue q <laughs> That's Avenue Q. Avenue Q. You can't have two things that start with Avenue and then have a letter. I'm going to assume there's puppets. Well, five is not a letter. That's, um, I'll yeah, start that's there. I'll start there. Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. Gina. Gina. Boy, look look at the rabbits. <laughs> look at the rabbits. I would welcome looking at the rabbits at this point. Uh, um. Yeah. So, yeah. But any, if it's part of that show, there's like the, you find out a uh, spoiler alert. If you're watching Avenue five and you should have already watched it by now or you're not watching it uh, is they find out that the entire crew of the spaceship are paid actors who don't know, actually know how to fly a spaceship. And so they're just given these futuristic looking keyboards and stuff and they just press buttons randomly and they have no idea how anything works because they just think it's a role. And I thought of that when you thought of that. It's just when you said that out loud, Chan, I'm just like, okay, well, they're just pressing buttons because these are actors. These are not real pilots. This is a TV show, Chan. What? <laughs> oh, well. So you're saying that uh, this Deke era G.I. Joe is about a troop of actors pretending to be G.I. Joe, like children's theater. Uh, they're doing like a, a kid's version of the original Sunbow era G.I. Joe for uh, a younger audience. Let me ask this. Wouldn't it make a lot of sense if that was the case? <laughs> Doesn't that answer a lot of our questions? 
I am finding it very difficult to poke holes in this. <laughs> this is a real I mean, look, strong theory. None of the characters act the way they're supposed to. None yep, of the characters, check. except for Cobra Commander, sound the way they're supposed to. Check. Everyone's costumes are different. Mm-hmm. Also and the writing true. makes no sense whatsoever. What if Cobra Commander is the only actual person who just wasn't let in on the gag and he thinks it's normal? Wow. Or maybe wow. this is this just is... a different maybe this is the Berenstein Bears of of the G.I. Joe universe. There's a second G.I. Joe universe. Somehow Cobra Commander slipped on through. <laughs> I think I think all of this is very plausible now that we're saying it out loud. Um But here's like the thing. We we get the most exciting part of the episode in a very exciting episode, which is that for I think the first time in all of the Deke era episodes, Scarlet speaks. Scarlet does talk. Um, throughout, by the way, because she talks once early on and I wrote Scarlet spoke and I thought that was all I was going to get. I I was thinking, okay, she's, she said a sentence. I'm happy. Now they're going to lock her back in her woman closet, uh, uh, for the rest of the season, but they let her out of that woman closet for a whole episode. Well, for half an episode, because later on there, uh, she goes into, uh, I don't know what you would call it, lifetime movie territory. Uh, Look, where uh, she's like, my love, my love, <laughs> stop, you monsters, bring him back. And at that point, it's like, oh, no, this is. It was pretty great. Uh, uh, so they asked the question out loud, why would Cobra even be here? And that's a good, this is an underwater city. Why is Cobra here? So which we immediately cut to Cobra Commander and Destro. And Destro is basically like, yo, why are we here? And Cobra Commander, oh, it's kind of funny bit. Uh, Cobra Commander is just like, yo, there's treasure in this underground city. That's why uh, we need all of us here. There's actually a line that uh, uh, that made me laugh, and I was like, whoa, I didn't, I was not expecting that. I'm a reasonable man. If you answer this instant, I'll only cut off your salary for five years. I can't imagine why they aren't answering. <laughs> like. Destro yeah. just coming in with a couple uh, a hardcore zingers, and uh, I was like, "Dude, are we allowing that now? Is that yeah. are we going to let him be? Are we let Destro be Destro?" Yeah, I'm telling you, this episode didn't hate it. All right, well, I'm already starting to turn around on it. Um, so basically, the eels uh, disappeared, and so Cobra Commander assumes they ran off with the treasure that he's there to find. So he's calling them to yell at them and find out where they went. So that's fine. Uh, at this point, we cut over to the Joes. Uh, searching uh, the same area, Scarlet and the rest of the team. And one of the Joes, I think it's Heavy Duty jokes, said, oh, there's probably aliens own this temple. And everybody laughs it off, as did I. Didn't think that was going to be an important line for later. Spoiler alert. <laughs> but also, they, they say something else that's crazy. Scarlet says something here that's crazy. When they say, oh, it might be aliens, she goes, oh, at 100% seriously. Or maybe a smart dolphin culture built it. Oh, actually, that's very plausible. A smart dolphin culture? <laughs> yeah. Dolphins are very with smart. Their, I mean, little she's, she's serious little about it. Uh, yeah, well, it, it was Lost City of Atlantis, smart dolphin culture, like a 20-eyed eel with the monster going to eat, I guess, like some sort of Cthulhu-type creature, and then aliens. So we have four options, which yeah. is not too bad, actually. Like, not okay, bad. sure. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, literally, you, you, you throw a dart at that board, and wherever you hit, I'm in. cobra commander finds jewels and destro is immediately won over and says maybe this wasn't the worst idea ever Uh, and i'm like you know that's pretty rad so so the joes now are are now in the city oh yeah and then also uh 
Yes. Uh, another one. And then after this, then Destro is basically a non-entity. But for, for a brief moment, he shone like he did in the good old days. Brilliant. Everyone stop digging. I'm gonna be filthy rich. Well, you're half right. Bam. Because he's just gonna be rich. It's just gonna be filthy. But My can goodness. Just, can I just say, and I don't know if we can post a picture of what he looks like. Oh God. But yeah, talk about this. But this design, this Destro, is, looks like, to me at least, looks like a, a Richard Dreyfus coated in baby powder. <laughs> like they give okay. him, they give him sort of bald man's hair, which makes no sense. Like they give him sort of the Weird. the the look of hair along the sides, makes no sense because he's supposed <laughs> to be wearing a mask. And for some reason, his his face is powdery white, and it doesn't look like a mask because his lips fully move. And they give him these like circles around his eyes that look sort of like spectacles. So he full on looks like someone stuffed Richard Dreyfus's face in a bunch of flour or baby powder <laughs> or something, and then pretended he was Destro. And it is the weirdest. And that part of this episode, I did not care for. <laughs> well, not just that. The outfits they're wearing. Cobra Commander and Destro are wearing matching red pajamas. Oh, which is yeah. Just bizarre. And let me tell you, hearing Cobra Commander's face come out, because because the way they animated it, like you can see more of his eyes than you normally can. Uh-huh. And so he just sort of looks like an average white dude. And hearing that voice come out of what looks like an average white dude's mouth is very disconcerting. Like, it seems like it, it looks like, oh, this is a frat guy at a frat party who has this party trick where he does Cobra Commander's voice when he gets drunk. Yeah, and he's got a lampshade on his head. It's just really upsetting. <laughs> I would absolutely have rushed a frat that had that guy. <laughs> that would have be been fair. pretty dope. Would have changed my opinion of Greek life. Yeah, I agree. Mm. <laughs> so the Joes get in the city now and we have our well, another battle. Big old water fight that happens. Uh heavy duty is riding around in a jet ski and he somehow spins it rapidly and turns it into an underwater tornado. Uh Chan, can you help me with the science behind nope, this move? I um, cannot and I will not. I was like, what the F are you doing? There was no setup to this. There was no explanation. Nope. It wasn't like, you know what? Oh, I just figured out a way that I could da-da-da. Uh, and it wasn't like I, we got to try out this new toy, you know, this new uh, uh, weapon thing that we added to our little ski dudes. He just did a thing that doesn't make any sense. And yeah. then we just moved on. And he just like gets in a Cobra guy's face and gets real aggressive with it with some taunting line and then just does this very aggressive maneuver. And it was a little disconcerting, honestly, because it didn't really mean anything in the episode. Um, okay, so G.I. Joe's trying to escape from Cobra, and Cobra says, let's destroy their submarines so they can't escape, because, and here's the deal, this is pretty smart, uh, if you've got, if you've got a bunch of, uh, TIE fighters, that means there must be some sort of bigger ship or battle station around them, correct? So if you kill the bigger ship or battle station, the TIE fighters are left to die, basically, because they have nowhere they can dock. So I kind of liked Cobra's plan here. Yeah. It's pretty legit. Uh, and so uh, they, the electric eel now comes back at this point, and this is when it gets real weird because they shoot it, and it turns into four larger eels. I love this part. This actually this reminded me of a video game. This reminded me of a video game where you you're pretty sure what you need to do, and then and then at some point you're shooting eels, and it turns into four eels, and you're like, all right, crap, I got to figure out how to defeat <laughs> this boss. So I again, I'm surprised you didn't like it, right? Because this whole sequence reminded me of video games. 
Yeah, I mean, that's fair. Like I said, as we're talking about it, maybe I just was in a bad mood in the moment because as we're talking about it, I'm like, oh, yeah, that is pretty cool. <laughs> uh, also, again, like I was saying, like, I, I would buy that you were watching it and like saying like, this isn't G.I. Joe because it doesn't fe- it doesn't feel like it. Um, yeah, and maybe the pacing was a little bit different, and I think I just was having a hard time with it. I don't know. It's, uh, I mean, it is what it is. Ray, uh, well, did, this you, is... did you not understand it? Is that what this is about? <laughs> too many twists and turns. <laughs> it was a too little much. confusing, guys. I'm not going to lie. Because the eel's here, and then it's gone, and then there's <laughs> Cobra people named eels, and then people are disappearing. I, I mean, like, it's very hard to follow. I then mean, there was that gotta, Bollywood uh, dance segment in the middle of it. Just... <laughs> Just out Why of would there be field. a Bollywood look? I, this has bothered mm. me, and we've listen. Me and Chad have had full on, <laughs> on camera conversations about this before. <laughs> Why is there a Bollywood dance number in that episode of Legion? Because it's just, rad as hell. It doesn't right. make any narrative or, or any sense of any level. It just do doesn't make favor, sense. Do me a favor and do not go see Tenet because from what I have read, it's it's his most confusing movie yet. And oh, why, why would I not want to see the delightful actor who played the purple man on Jessica Jones and also Doctor Who? Oh, God, I hate you. That's not a that's not a great joke, Ray. Why would I not want to go see Tenet? <laughs> uh, I, it occurs to me now that part of the reason actor. why Gina loves this episode is because it is very reminiscent of another one of her favorites. The uh, the one with the ghosts. Yeah. Oh, sure. Hell yeah. Plain one. Yeah. It like. Yeah, it's it's basically like sort of a uh, sci-fi fantasy-ish uh, episode that's not at all grounded in uh, any sort of military whatever. You know, I'll even I'll even compare it favorably to the um, the one with Destro's castle where the Baroness sets it on fire. Yes. and there's a monster in the basement. A little yes. bit, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and bo- those were both good episodes. Look, I like yeah. anything that breaks from the normal Deke mold because, like you're, I you're said, it's it's it feels a lot of the time like they're just following the same script and plugging in different, like they're doing like Mad Libs and yeah. just sort of plugging in slightly different specifics each time. So anything that strays from that that shows a modicum of creativity, I am on board with. You know, I think one of the things that threw me too is this is like a one location episode, and I'm used to GI Joe episodes from both seasons, both series going all around the world twice. You know, um, and so maybe maybe it's just like a little, it's just totally so different that I was having a hard time with it. They didn't uh, have the budget to go on location in this one. They they were told they had to write a bottle episode because they didn't have the travel budget for all the actors. Look, this all holds up. Um, and they also have this great bit here where Cobra Commander is ordering, you know, a people around and all the Cobra soldiers around him take all the jet skis and leave him behind. And then at that, <laughs> that moment, the eel starts chasing him. And then that leads to an even wilder moment where he's hiding in a crack in the wall. The electric eel goes past him and he from effing nowhere gets taken over by a tentacle porn movie. For heaven's sake, Ray, it's just an octopus. No, he's basically, <laughs> he is he is inside this crack in the wall, and then all of a sudden, like, four tentacles from fucking nothing just reach out and grab him and pull on him, and I flipped my nose. I was just like, what is happening right okay, now? Okay, first of all, flipped my nose, not a saying. Second it's of all, Chan, the reason that Ray uh, uh, saw this and said tentacle porn is because just he gets hard anytime he sees an octopus. So he associates it with porn, even though it, okay. it really had nothing to do with porn at all. Was I not well, supposed to feel that thing during this episode? 
I mean, him and my him and my two year old both. That's. Say. They're very smart. It's why I haven't been able to eat them for four years. And I suggest everyone do the same. They are very smart. They are smarter than us. Don't eat them, um, please. Don't trust them. They're coming yeah, for us. I, I just think they're horrifying and tentacles are terrifying. So therefore, they're super no, smart. No. Don't eat them. No, I'm terrified. Uh, uh, that's I, I, Yeah, I will say I'm a little disappointed because like, he gets into this fight with his octopus and then we cut away and then we cut back. He's just doing his thing. He's fine again. Cobra yeah. commander's just hanging out. Like what the fuck? Cobra commander. He's a- got like electric shocks in his uniform and stuff. He'll get rid of that octopus. I'm not worried. About I mean, that. yeah, like I, I get it. The, just the idea. I, and it's possible in the script. It was like Cobra commander uh, has a huge underwater fight with an octopus. The animator's like, Fuck you, Marv Wolfman. I'll give a shit what characters you created. I ain't animating dick today. I, yeah, I, I bet either that or it got cut for time. Yeah. Uh, but at least at the, uh, you know, you could have come back and he could have, Cobra Commander could be like, wow, that was a hell of a fight I just had with that octopus there. But yeah. no, nothing. <laughs> yeah, they just cut back and he's just like, whew, that was something. Okay, moving forward. Uh, the electric eel in this moment chases the Joes now. So, um, okay, at this point, it gets crazy because Duke and Scarlet get taken by the electric eels and poofed out of existence. Uh, uh, so, uh, what happened? Th- okay, this is a this is a plot point that never gets talked about again. Uh, um, Heavy Duty is left, and he goes to radio the base. Wait, and the- hold on, hold on, hold yes. on. Before that happens. That's, that's uh, epic voice acting. I loved it. How dare you? No, I mean, like, the acting was fine, but the Duke, no. And all of a sudden, she's God. just a girl. Very just totally trying Scarlet. To, that's and the her boyfriend. Girl, Scarlet, martial arts master that we know. Yeah. This all holds up. Yeah. Uh, but the part that is crazy, like, the, the heavy duty calls back to the Joe base, and it's been taken over by what? Uh, uh, was it Range Vipers? It's been taken over. Their base has been taken over by Cobra. That is never mentioned again in the episode. Uh, Wait, which base? I don't recall this. He radios back to the base, and then there is a range viper there holding the guy hostage who's answering the radio. Uh, I don't remember that. Oh, okay. Well, guys, that is a real thing. Chan, you can go back and look at the pictures while I read this next part. But I I just wrote down (laughs) here like, oh, they're, they, they're really trying to say they are, they are, they have to rely on themselves down here because uh, there is no one coming to help them. So they wanted to use that moment to establish it. So the Cobra has taken over their base of operations in this area. And that is crazy. Um, yeah. Okay. Great. I don't know why this isn't, this isn't ringing a bell. Uh, it was like, are you sure they there was they didn't like cut to some uh, range vipers doing a thing, and then nope. you, they cut to the base. Range viper was holding a gun to the man, and I will, uh, 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 Chan, you take the next section, and I'm gonna go find it, and I'm gonna give you a timestamp. GI <laughs> <laughs> Joe will return after these messages. Take a good look at the Cobra logo. Joe's got trouble. He's got his back. Cobra's got a puzzle and it's up and down. Coco's loaded for action. It's the new Cobra Commander. Cobra! But Joe's coming back with the G.I. Joe slam. On the run for a gun. G.I. Joe slam. He's out back in Crazy Land. It's
live the adventure of G.I. Joe. Cobra Pogo, G.I. Joe Slam and Figure sold separately. Joe, Joe! Now, back to G.I. Joe. Well, I, I, I guess after that, um, uh, yeah, yeah. Heavy duty is like, uh, or, you know, F- Flint is like, oh, we gotta go, we gotta go find these, find them. Cause we know, uh, that they're here somewhere. Let's shut down the power plant and that's going to shut down the electric eels. And then we'll find our friends again. And heavy duty's like, yeah, maybe there's alien computers here. We can just override it. I'm like, wait, what? All of a sudden now you, you know that this is an alien civilization and that they have computers and probably keyboards and terminals that you can just hop right in and, and click the override button. Uh, can we just say know. right now, GI Joe is, is, is predicted and written a lot of things. Jurassic park among them. Uh, could we uh, agree? They also wrote the ending of independence day. You know what? I, I, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't have a sound argument against that, so <laughs> we can let that be what it is. Wait, so so Chan, you're saying that they should have taken a minute to be like, holy crap, there's aliens. I mean, they, they've decided at this point that it's aliens, and I mean, it turns out to be the case, uh, but um, yeah, the, the fact that they just assume that this is going to be a real simple thing and they could just use their, you know, uh, 101 computing skills to tackle this oh, alien yeah, civilizations. Got it. Got it. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I also think I get that they're trained military personnel and they floated this idea earlier, but the fact that they're not like, holy crap, holy crap, Guys, holy crap. Time, go to the timestamp 11 minutes and 30 seconds in, and you will see where they are trying to radio the base. And then there is a range Viper holding three Joes hostage. And Ray, nobody is answering the call. We're just going to assume you're crazy and never talk about this again. I swear to God, it never gets mentioned again. This is really bothering me because Cobra has taken over their sort of oil rig base that they have set up in this area. And it is it is upsetting to me that it's just not a <laughs> plot point anymore after this. Weird. I want, Yeah, because I completely missed it. But I, I mean, maybe that is another thing that was um, in the original and then they just had to cut it for time. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's a crazy moment. And it's just it's so off-putting, too, because, you know, you never think of Joe Bass as being able to get taken over like that. And then Cobra just walks in and takes it. I don't know. But they are just the whole point of the shot is to establish that nobody's coming to save them. So they got to figure this out on their own. Huh. Um, so Cobra Commander now has found some gems. Uh, so he's got like a big bag of gems. He takes uh, one of his uh, troopers jet skis, which is turnabout's fair play. That's fine. Uh, the Joes go to get into a Cobra sub and take it back. And I'm like, cool, except no, they blow up. Cobra blows up their own Cobra sub. Um, and then they go ahead and get into manta ray vehicles. Or no, not manta ray vehicles, actual freaking manta rays. Let's they, talk about this for a second. Grab on some fucking mantas and just book it the hell out of there. What's crazy to me is that the two Joes are there. And I think it's Flint and Heavy Duty. And one looks at the other, and, and there's no sign of a manta ray anywhere, to my understanding, of this moment. They just look at each other as they're about to be drawn down by Cobra. And he just says, you thinking what I'm thinking? He goes, yup. And then two manta rays just fly over the giant ones, just zip past them, and they just grab them and float away. <laughs> and it's just so weird. It's a weird <laughs> moment. This is a weird episode, guys. It is. I love it. I'm telling you, I love everything about it. Yeah. 
I, I'm, I'm coming around. Uh, so De- uh, Destro and Cobra Commander now get on a hammerhead vehicle, which is just a big crushing, I don't know, land vehicle that they're riding on the seabed floor underwater. And they've decided to follow the G.I. Joes on the manta rays. And what's great about this is they are just straight up destroying the city as they drive through it. They're going full team America, <laughs> world police <laughs> on the city of Atlantis, just columns are falling and then the ceiling starts and they're just and nobody gives an f and i just i appreciate that no see this part was this part was upsetting and i i sort of get from a writing standpoint why they did it because you can't just have a fully functioning alien city in the bottom of the ocean and have gi joe and and cobra know about it and not address it in the next episode uh so i get that but at the same time if this if if like they they should have had like one scientist screaming the whole time like you're destroying the next great scientific discovery cuz i sure. wanted that one voice of that one person who's like hold up the cure for cancer could be down here guys maybe just be a little careful i mean i'm pretty sure that's what that doctor simpson character was at the very <laughs> beginning who immediately disappears and were n- is never heard from again look i can't rec- i don't recognize anyone in this deke era era show so any one of them could have been that scientist and i wouldn't have been able to tell you like and so, I mean, like it could have been scarlet could have been this that that scientist and i would have been like all right i guess i mean destro's fucking dusty Richard Dreyfus over here. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. And Cobra commander's gloves have fingernails. Like there's a lot of uh, interesting choices made uh, visually. <laughs> um, so this part actually really did upset me. This part was just, I just didn't all of a sudden, like they're driving. I think they like hit something or they stop. And then they're just like, what's going on. And then they're like, yo, you hit the self-destruct sequence. And there's like a nuclear bomb on this hammerhead somehow. And we have 10 minutes to get out of here or we will all get blown up in the city of Atlantis. And I'm sort of like, what kind of self-destruct? What? What? How? Why? What? How? I definitely clocked that. And I was like, well, that's some bullshit because yeah, yeah they were, do- they were just sort of driving along and then like, there was kind of a hard stop, but then it was just like, bloop. Oh, you, you hit the self-destruct and there's nothing I can do about it. It's completely jammed. Yeah. Uh, but then also like, obviously, yeah, you, you need to sort of set that timer for the end of the episode to like wrap everything up and give the thing yeah. stakes, even though, you know, there's more than enough stakes. You just found an under an alien civilization underwater, an entire fucking city that stakes in a half. You don't have to do this. They could have just put in one line towards the beginning of the episode talking about like faulty self-destruct sequences or something, right? They they could have put in one thing to prep us for the fact that this moment was happening because I understand writing-wise why they needed a bomb of some kind to go off. It's just, I feel like this is like the cheapest way you could have possibly done it for no good reason whatsoever, and it's not justified really in any way. Mm -hmm. True. Mm -hmm. You know, and and all the the electric eels are back again. (laughs) For the yeah, third time I love them. This time, they're on they're on our side this time though. They are. Well, here's the deal. They Destro goes poof. They grab him. Heavy duty goes poof. Um, and actually, I didn't ask for it because I, I messed up and forgot to ask you earlier, Chan. But I wanted a sound pull of Heavy Duty saying no twice because it just it really struck me in the moment. Heavy duty. No. <laughs> that was it. That was the bit right there. Uh, heavy duty. No. Heavy duty, no. That was a good bit. It's a good line read. 
Uh, I am a fan <laughs> of that particular. So uh, Heavy Duty goes poof, Cobra Commander goes poof, and Flint uh, uh, ducks his way into the central hive, and he finds he finds all the bodies in these pods, sort of like the, the Evil Within game, where they're all just sort of in these pods being sustained. Now, I don't know how the teleportation works. I don't really understand how, how, but here we are in little circular patterns around a central unit. Everyone who's been poofed is still alive. Yeah, as we knew they were. So Flint goes into the hive. He shoots at some glowy rock after finding everybody. And it turns out that all those eels were a defensive function of the base that was looking for non-intelligent life so it could study it for this alien race. Oh, yes, they are aliens, and they immediately agree to let everyone go because they uh, respect smart civilizations because now we get a sci-fi story. The aliens' homeworld was destroyed because they couldn't get along with each other, and they civil warred themselves to death. Yeah, yeah this is a this is a very um oh what's what's the movie where they're down in the water and they have to uh oh, water world. jaws. No, I hate you both. <laughs> you know, and there's aliens. They find the aliens. And- oh, Anaconda. God, I hate you both. <laughs> Something about. Damn. You're thinking of the abyss, yes, but I really abyss. don't want to. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, uh, Lake Placid. Jaws 3D. No. Piranha 2 double D. Uh, Piranha 2 was excellent. How dare you? I did. I saw it in the theaters. Uh, yeah, this is a very uh, the abyss moment where they meet a, a sort of kindly alien that's basically like, you're going to die under the water, but I'm going to help you because I don't want intelligent life to turn out the way we did. Uh, uh, I'm assuming your your society is full of people who love each other and are kind to each other. Uh, that she she was wrong. <laughs> yeah, well, I appreciate that. Also, it's a really poorly animated uh, <laughs> What? I, I kind of like the fact that it is a sort of electronic looking sort of face blob. And I'll tell you why. Because I appreciate the fact that they didn't just try to animate an alien. And this to me almost seems like we have no idea what those aliens look like. But this is them. This is this one remaining alien sort of quickly assimilating when it sees humans Oh. And sees that speech is coming out of their mouth and it's trying to adjust to what it's seeing and this is the best it can do. I realize yeah. I'm giving the writers of Decare G.I. Yeah. Joe a lot of credit. But I thought it was He's good. I thought it was much better than if they had tried to draw just like a, just an alien. To me, this was sort of like, oh, there's there's sentience. We don't know what it looks like, but it's trying to arrange itself in the form of something that we recognize. See, yeah. I actually have a different take on that. I don't think it's an alien at all. I think it's an AI program programmed by the aliens. Sure. Also legit. Uh, and I guess yeah. that's where I felt weird about the animation because we already got that in the Bioc episode and Bioc looked completely different. And I guess, you know, stylistically, it was. I guess it's alien programming. They didn't put a lot into their visuals. And maybe maybe that's totally fine. <laughs> they didn't upgrade their graphics card. It was fucking billions of years ago. You don't. You, what are you gonna do? Test your shit. Uh, uh, I, also, it, it's yeah, probably like, boring as crap under that water. If you're some sort of sentient thing. 
Yeah. But you got electric uh, eels that teleport creatures to experiment on. I yeah, feel like but you, they're you, not like they're not like you know making small talk about the news with you. No, that's fair. <laughs> or telling you all about the the delicious sounding Halloween items in the Tokyo treats box. Okay, well, that's a very specific <laughs> poll. Um. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if you've been following the uh, uh, knowing half the podcast chat all day, Ray. But yes, there's been an l- extensive talk about the Japanese <laughs> yeah, treats. It, it, it took for me a Halloween. really long time to actually find uh, the episode in our chat in order to <laughs> find the link because I had to go through post after post of Gina saying, "Hey, did you know this Asian treat exists?" Look, you guys, they have a whole box of of, of Halloween slash fall Tokyo treats. One is apple pie Kit Kats. There's another that's like a Pringles, like orangey flavor, but they don't even tell you what the flavor is. They just say it's like vampire or something. <laughs> vampire flavored. Uh, my uh, uh, Yes, my partner does not want uh, me to get one of those boxes because we we can. We can just drive down to Gardena and have access to all of those things, you know, for much cheaper than uh, those boxes uh, cost. But also, like, Getting a box full of yes. cool treats yes. is is worth something in and of itself. Yeah, so. and plus, like not knowing what you're gonna get, like opening it up and being like, "Ooh, let's see what it is today," is is yeah. so much more exciting than going and picking it yourself. That being said, like we can just drive down to Gardena and get like uh, a crap ton of stuff for the same price. So, like, I Ooh, guess it, that's work the boring out. adult version of that. Uh, that's that's the adult version that's like, man, these Kit Kats are awesome. I wish I had a bag more of them. Oh, look, I do. So Yeah, but if you get well, the true. box, then there might be a Kit Kat flavor you do like, a Kit Kat flavor you don't like, and then you drive to Gardena and get and and get more of whatever you liked. It's that's why it's a sample pack. Okay, as riveting as this conversation is uh, to everyone at home right now, I'm going to go ahead and push this forward. Uh, no, the here's alien... the thing. Everyone, nope, nope everyone. I'm cutting it. I'm cutting, it. <laughs> cutting all this. People like it. This is why they tune in. I think they tune if, in in spite of this content. Dude, if we could if we could get sponsored by Tokyo Crate, well, that'd be you know that the people that listen to this podcast would be into it. Look, I want, I want people to weigh in on Twitter. I want... <laughs> I want Hashtag Chan and Gina talk snacks or hashtag Ray was right. You know what? Uh, let's do it. Let's do it. Everybody at home, one of those two hashtags, throw it at us. Uh, I'm still going to move the show forward because the alien says to the humans, he goes, since you're all humans, you must be on the same side because you're not like us. Use our craft and escape here because you must go. And Cobra Commander steals it and runs out with all the Cobras with it. And I thought that was hilarious and delightful. Yeah. Uh, what I kind of thought was a dick move is the G.I. Joe team says to the alien or A.I. or whatever, it says we have to leave sort of urgently without really telling him that he's about to die. (laughs) Kind of a D move to be like, hey, can you help us get out of here? You are going to die, but I'm not going to give you that piece of information until the craft you gave me uh, uh, is too late. Kind of a jerk move, Joe. I I guess. Um, Because he tells him the second time around. He tells him, yeah, actually, yeah. the truth is there's a bomb and this whole city is <laughs> about to get covered in rubble and you're about to die. Do you have a second way to get out of here? And the guy's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Take the take the eels. Take the eels back to the surface. That's fine. And uh, then the bomb goes off. This this was one of my favorite lines. Um, 
Scarlet comes back for just one more thing that like I don't even I don't I don't know where this falls on the spectrum of of human experience, but uh to escape a bomb that will destroy this city are also in conflict. The Cobra stole your ship to escape a bomb that will destroy this city. Thanks for trying though. What? Thanks, <laughs> Thanks for, for boy. Thanks for helping. Thanks for offering to get us out of dying, but I know we're going to die anyway. So, you know, one of the Bart Simpson cake that says, at least you tried. (laughs) Yeah, it's a very strange line and it's a very strange line reading. She has no like it makes me think she's suicidal. And she's, oh my god, she and, puts on her finest suit. <laughs> yeah. And internally she's excited because she's like, wow, I was just gonna go home and put on my finest suit and then blow my brains out, but this is a way better way to go out. <laughs> oh, shucks. Sorry. Oh, thanks for trying. Yeah, it sucks that we're all gonna die down here, a pretty cool death. Especially but at least we're all together. <laughs> ah? At least we're all together at with least another. At least you're all coming with me, what? bitches. Why? What? Oh my God. <laughs> I don't this. like to I don't like to use this word because there's a lot of uh baggage associated with it and a lot of you know connotations that many of them are misogynist and what have you, but dear lord, th- this entire team are such pussies. <laughs> they, they, yeah. they did it all of a sudden they just turned into the weirdest like uh saddest schmucks alive yeah it's wonderful uh and then uh then they just get out the eels take them to the surface and then we have a whole the moral of the story is don't kill each other believe and then they all join hands at the end and shout peace but we (laughs) which is just amazing with their hands all together in the air still not mentioning their base has been overrun by cobra No, I mean, well, here, they, here's I, the thing. This would have been a dope. How dope would this ending have been if like the eels, tra- like she gave them sort of a final warning of, you know, don't don't let your your hatred destroy yourselves like we did. The eels take them to the surface and then they're like, everything turned out OK. And then it just fades to like 200 years from now. There's another race that looks vaguely humanoid. It discovers something and it's just a really old scarlet in there. And she sort of repeats the words of this, this other sentient being, or it's like a hologram of, of scarlet. And she's saying, they warned us, they warned us, but we didn't listen. (laughs) Huh? I just rewrote it for you. I like that a lot. I'd also like it if um, they just, the city collapses on them and they all die after getting that message and Scarlet's okay with it. Uh, I think that would have been an okay ending as well. All right. All right. The so darker Ray, ending. did this, did, did we change your mind and now you think this is the greatest Deke episode ever? Uh, greatest Deke episode ever? No. Um, did you change my mind? Yeah. I've been pulled back around. I don't hate it anymore. I think a lot, there's a lot of slow parts in the middle where we're just like slowly going to our final destination and spinning our wheels. And I think that's why I wasn't liking it, but Uh the high points in this episode and the bits that they do, you guys are right. Way worth better attention than I originally gave it credit for. So I am definitely going to reamend my statements and uh, I'll call it a a solid B. I'm going to put a solid B on this uh, as far as Deke episodes go. Excellent. I mean, the thing is that like all of these pieces 
what it feels like is it, it does feel like uh, an old uh, sci-fi short story, you know, like from the fifties. Um, 2001 was originally a short story by Arthur C. Clarke. And I feel like this is like the short story version of a much bigger story that, you know, somehow just got like crammed down and then thrown into a kid's cartoon. So like a bunch of the stuff uh, got lost, but there are a couple things that sort of suggested a, a really interesting story and, you know, uh, yeah, it doesn't belong on G.I. Joe. No, it, it is, does not. It is a sci-fi short story that deserves uh, a, a different environment. But the the bones there are kind of strong. And so, like, yeah, I walked away thinking, like, yeah, that was that that did not suck. It was yeah. not good. DK has never done anything good here and i don't think they Uh, ever will i think think they brushed on good a few times yeah Yeah. the christy marks episodes got real close yeah they they brushed Uh, up against good uh oh one thing uh the the, just just because you mentioned it just now i'm gonna say that's the end of the episode guys uh uh, christy marks's website christy marks is a website and on it you can buy christy marks uh autographed screenplays that she's written of all of the cartoons that she's done including all of the gi joe so i have purchased Synthoid Conspiracy 1 and 2. Hell yeah. Uh, I have done that. Now, going forward, I think what we might do for some Patreon uh, listeners out there is we might, because uh, uh, we're getting about, we're about to cash the Patreon account. We like to tell you when we do that. And so we're going to mm-hmm. do some more upgrading uh, sound stuff, and we're also going to send you guys some stuff. So we have another round of giveaways coming. Uh, so if you want to be involved in that, even if you're a Johnny Come Lately, patreon.com slash knowing us the podcast, I'm, I'm almost assuredly going to buy a bunch more scripts and send them out to kind of random people um and just uh, uh have a good time with it so uh guys uh, we might have some of those coming your way so just make sure if you're on the patreon make sure your address is updated and um it's a great time to join because we're about to give away uh, more stuff maybe we got more t-shirts or something i don't know i still have more t-shirts so like anybody who signs up uh for patreon right now i'll just send you a shirt for five bucks channel, and you can, i don't even care five bucks stay in for a month go away channel send you a shirt like this is yeah. bad, like you to stay longer this- than that we Sounds like, you like bad business practices. This is we're a bad- the worst <laughs> businessmen in the world, Gina. <laughs> this should be known by now. Like we just want to give back. So um, we're gonna we got a bunch of fun giveaways and stuff coming. So uh, uh keep an eye out for that. That's all I gotta yeah. say. Because that. that's yeah. the end of the episode. So guys, anything y'all want to plug? Oh, actually, before we do that, uh, Chan, it's time for another of your things. Oh man, <laughs> is Chan taking out his dick Ooh. again? No, I'm going to show you my stuffed animals. <laughs> Here's my octopus. Okay. This one is Mr. Fancy. <laughs> it's the theme song throwdown. You we know. We're getting crazy this week. We're going nuts. Dude, uh, I have lost my freaking mind. We did uh, DuckTales versus Chippendale last week. Hell and that yeah. was. Uh, uh, it was hard for some of us. This one, I think, is going to uh, throw people. We're going to start out with one uh, that's kind of out of left field. It's not even uh, in English. Ooh. We're doing something that uh, some people may recognize as uh, Battle of the Planets or even G-Force. But uh, we got a request for the original Japanese version. Ooh. This is Gotcha Man.
の彼方に踊る影白い翼のガッチャマン命を懸けて飛び出せば科学忍法火の鳥だ飛べ飛べ飛べガッチャマン行け行け行けガッチャマン Wow. Now, Shit, that was, that was really、dope. good. Now, that reminded me a lot of the Loop in the Third theme song, which I don't suppose that Loop in the Third is actually in the theme song throwdown somewhere. If it's not, I might, I might try to throw an audible and see if we can kick something out in favor of it because it just occurred to me how wonderful that theme song is. And this is reminiscent of that one. And I love that one. So this was great. Yeah. Yeah, I dug it. Dude. Uh, also, look up the lyrics to this because, like, it's. The, the, in the original version, they're like the science ninja skill firebird. Like, that's the <laughs> friggin' names. Oh, boy. Like, they're all over the place. And, um, uh, the, the actual, uh, video, like the animation that goes with it is dope. It's it dope. Yeah. Uh, your competitors this week. Yeah. You know them. You love them. Uh oh. It is Alvin and the Chipmunks. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> Yes. Oh man, that is good. That is really good. That's better、It's、than I remember it.、Hell. Yeah, and it, it doesn't overstay its welcome. Like some of these theme songs are excellent, but they go on a little bit too long. That one is nice and tight. Like it just wraps it up. Also, I、um, will say it, it is guaranteed to brighten your day. They're right. Oh, they're right. Yeah. <laughs>、uh, you said, and you said last week, Gina, that、uh, that was maybe the toughest one we've had. I think this one right now for me is the toughest one we've had. Yeah, this,、um, is, because- a, this is a close one. I never heard of Gotcha Man before, but I really liked it a lot. But also, Alvin and the Chipmunks bring you both action and satisfaction. So, t r u here's the thing I've never been able to get satisfaction.、Uh, I've tried、good. and I tried. Yeah. Uh oh. Uh-oh. But, uh, you never had a Snickers bar? No, no. Is that a. It'll satisfy you. 
Mm, I kind of don't want to be myself. Is the you thing. know what? You know what? Yeah, you're better as Joe Pesci. That's true. Mm, yeah. <laughs> uh, I will say that growing up. I was not an Island and the Chipmunks fan. Uh, my cousins watched it, and they were like wow. uh, just a few years younger than I was. So, like anything that they watched, I couldn't oh, okay. like. Oh yeah, okay. no, that makes sense. You thought it was babyish. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as as it ages, looking back on it now, uh, the show is still trash. No, the show's uh, not the, good. The show's not good. The song itself has aged a little better. Uh, I enjoy it to a certain extent. Um, it does feel very 80s. Uh, gotcha Man honestly feels very 70s. And uh, just sort of like putting those up against each other. I'd rather listen to the Gotcha Man than the Alvin. Um, the Like that high-pitched vocal thing. Like it's a fun gimmick, but it, it grates on me pretty quickly. So, yeah. Okay. Um, are you guys ready to vote? I, I just ready. did. Yeah. So, Chan, which one did you vote for? Gotcha Man. You went for Gotcha Man. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll go next then because I... I'm going to go Alvin and the Chipmunks. Um, but this is this is th- these are two very different songs. But yeah. if you were to say like which one am I going to be singing around the house later today? The answer is Alvin and the Chipmunks. Gotcha Man was excellent, but I felt it was a little more one note. Uh, maybe that's, you know, maybe that's the wrong term, but like it was a little more one mood. And Alvin and the Chipmunks kind of took me took me around the world. So I'm going to go with Alvin and the Chipmunks. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go Alvin and the Chipmunks. Oh, man. Too much responsibility. (laughs) With great power comes great something, something. Uh, You know, this is... Go crazy? Yeah. (laughs) Yep, make Homer go crazy. (laughs) Don't mind if I do. Uh, So while I was listening to Gotcha Man, I was pretty sure I was going to be voting for it. but because it was pretty badass. But I'm going to go with Alvin and the Chipmunks because, and I can't tell if it's the nostalgia factor, but it made me happy right. listening to it. And it it's it's a romp the whole way through from start to finish, from the do-do-do-do-do. Yep. Like I, I was bopping along. Maybe if I heard Gotcha Man as many times as I've heard uh, uh, Alvin and the Chipmunks, this would be a fair, a fair battle. Uh, yeah, that's gonna grow on you. But, yeah, but I think you know the second that that uh, the second that, that Alvin and the Chipmunks riff started up, I was on board. Uh, well, just so you know, uh, patron Michael Soko was the uh person behind gotcha man so oh, real. and just no, here's real. great but great respect though because you've brought that into our lives yeah and we appreciate I dug you it. for that yeah <laughs> doesn't have to win to make an impression you know yeah fair enough fair enough yeah and also i'm gonna say right now if the loop in the third song is that if i can't convince chan to kick something out i might demand a play-in game where we pick a, an at-risk uh <laughs> seed and we just do one extra play-in game because that's that happens in the ncaa tournament guys and we put the loop in the third theme theme song against it for a bonus uh a, a extra episode and see if it could play its way into this tournament how about that that way nothing has to get kicked out but i really think it should be in there because it's so excellent and it will make me so happy so chan uh we'll talk after the show (laughs) and that was another theme song throwdown great job chan i'm the best there you go (laughs) uh guys anything you want to plug before we get out of here 
Nah. Chan, don't no. you have other shows? Gina, projects you're working on? Uh, Are you allowed to talk about new things that you're working on? Anything I mean, I'm good? S- oh, not yet. I'm still working on Unicorn, though, so whenever it comes Season back, two. watch some TVs. Dude, dude, I am so stoked when you are able to talk about that new thing. It is bananas. It, it'll it'll be good. Hopefully it doesn't go away before I'm legally allowed to talk about it. <laughs> and of course, you haven't talked about it with us either, just for the record, obviously. <laughs> Chan. <laughs> uh, we can cut that if we need to. Uh, okay, so uh, a guy who would win show. I don't know. Check it out. It's a good show. Uh, so guys, hit up us up. Patreon.com slash knowing is half the podcast. You go to Facebook.com slash knowing is half the podcast or join our Facebook group. That's a fun place to be. Chan is trying to sponsor some ads with some varied levels of success. Uh, what a delight. <laughs> Uh, and you can also check us out on Twitter uh, at G.I. Joe podcast or check out at Prez Serpentor with a Z in an alternate 2016 Prez Serpentor, the Cobra Emperor, became president of the United States. And wouldn't you know it? The world he lives in looks a lot like the world of today. He's he's actually like literally telling people to use violence. It's really it is just it is devolved. This Twitter account is about to get suspended. I'm pretty sure. But there it is. It's the president Serpentor on Twitter. Otherwise, individually, you can hit me up at Almighty Ray. At 999 RPMs. I'm at Gina Ippy. And that's our show. We just talked about Messenger from the Deep, and it got deep in more ways than one. Ew. Like, what other ways? Gross well, it's ways. deep in the ocean, and then deep, like, you know, emotionally. like In you your know, butt. Be, be kind to each other, mm. and in your butt uh, with each other. Uh, Goodbye. Uh. Hey, you. No, 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 no. Don't look over here. Keep your eyes on the road. Got something for you. Take a listen to this. In the newest Pokemon, they have Score Bunny, which is a starter. What? Yes. Score Score Bunny? So it's, it's a fire bunny that plays soccer. He kicks balls. He scores. Great. Score, like Scorch, I think. Yeah. Oh, I get it. Like goal. Like Score Bunny. <laughs> Rad. There's Score Bunny who uses his mad soccer skills to steal, I think, like, donuts or something like that. How does he use his soccer skills to steal donuts? He kicks it. Oh, yummy. The best part is, though, Scorbunny wants to go and follow Ash and go on big adventures. Oh, my God. Ash is still the main character of the anime? Yes. Where have you been? Yeah, so Ash is like, I'm getting on the train. I'm leaving, Scorbunny. And Scorbunny's like... Is because he's 80 years old? That's why he sounds like that? (laughs) (laughs) Nothing makes donuts taste better than a foot coming in contact with them. (laughs) If you like what you heard and love co-op with your friends, check out Gaming Together, a cooperative podcast. That's Gaming Together, a cooperative podcast.